Hey, Jack, you might you should turn the mic on, shouldn't you? Hi, everybody. Hey, let's try that again. Dreams can be tough to follow. One local swim coach is still chasing hers, chasing her dream to get to the Olympic stage. Coming up next, we'll hear from Leah Gingrich and her journey to represent the red, white, and blue on an international arena. When the final buzzer sounds, the game is over, but their story isn't. Time to hang out on the sidelines and learn the real stories of these sports icons. Welcome to the On Your Sidelines podcast with the News 3 sports team. Bring it in, everybody. I'm Sports Director Rex Castillo. And I am weekend sports anchor Jack Patterson, who's off to a flying start on this podcast. Welcome to the On Your Sidelines podcast. He is human after all. Before we can meet our guest, Leah Gingrich, time for a t-shirt check. Jack, who are you representing? I am repping the Brookstone Cougars down here in Columbus. We got to thank those guys. They've been so good to us. So repping the Cougs today. Rex, you're repping one of their old region rivals. What's up to the Manchester Blue Devils? Beautiful shirt. Just love doing our t-shirt checks, giving them a shout out. And of course, the fighting Cody Nichols. Cody Nichols, our weekend, uh, week, uh, weekend forecaster. Outstanding human being, even better town. So always glad to represent the Blue Devils. But time to meet our guest, the, a local swim coach and one of the best human beings in the, in the city, Leah Gingrich. Thank you so much for joining us, Leah. Yeah, thanks for having me. I feel really honored to be a part of this. Man, we're honored to be in company of someone like this, an elite swimmer. Uh, Leah, so we have to start. Everyone has an origin story. What was it about swimming that got you into the pool and absolutely made you fall in love with the sport? Uh, you know, I think just everybody in my family had a pool in their backyard, so it was kind of just how I grew up. And uh, when I was four years old, I started on a little mini team, and honestly, I was hooked ever since. It was just one of those things where I fell in love with it from the start. I did do a lot of other sports growing up when I was younger, but I got to a certain point where I knew that swimming was what I wanted to focus on. It was my dream, and it was really easy to, to give up those other sports to focus on swimming. So, yeah, I was hooked from the start. <laughs> so, growing up, who was your favorite swimmer, and why were you know what attracted them to you? Oh, my gosh. There were so many. I think whenever I was younger, I looked up to them all. Um, Misty Hyman, she's a great 200 butterflyer. I think... Um, Tuner Butterfly is what I'm training for now, and it's always been one of my uh, favorite events, even if I've slam a lot of other ones. Uh, of course, you know, you got to look up to Michael Phelps. He's just amazing. Now uh, it's Caleb Dressel. He's just doing some amazing things. So I think it's just, you know, the ones who are doing really amazing things, but also acting like really amazing people, too. And I think that's, that's the most important part is they get to the wall, and you can tell, you know, they're still cheering on their teammates. They're, they're just really good people. With swimming, I mean, it's just, for anyone who's ever done a swimming workout, it's just tough. I, but one thing we were talking just before the show started, the, the health benefits of swimming, it gets you in incredible shape, works out pretty much everything with strength, flexibility, endurance, and your muscles don't hurt, or your joints don't hurt as much. Is that? Yes. But do you ever get sick of the pool? Is there a point where it's just like, I just need to be not around water? Uh, oh, absolutely. So I took six years off, off off of swimming, and I couldn't get far enough away from the pool. Um, <laughs> you know, at the time, I was still coaching, so I was still there, but I was not getting in the water. And I, I really disliked the sport for about six years, and I couldn't get far enough away. Um, but now, you know, now that I fell back in love with it and, you know, when I was younger... I really, you know, I, I would have those days where I didn't want to go to practice. I didn't want to right. get in cold water, but I was really never sick of swimming. And that's something that not many people can say because it's such a grueling sport. You're, you know, staring at that black line for two hours <laughs> without breathing, without talking to anybody. So, you know, it can be really tough. But I think I'm really fortunate in the fact that I just really love everything about swimming and the process that comes along with it. 
So kind of piggybacking off of, you know, what you were just talking about, you know, you took a, a long time off from swimming, you know, you know, how did you kind of, you know, fill the void to say, could you say you were still coaching, you know, even though you weren't actively competing, you know, how was it? What was that like? Uh, to be honest, I don't think I ever did fill the void. I was really unhappy for six years and it wasn't until I started swimming again that I realized that that was something that was missing in my life. And, uh, it's kind of crazy because I'm coming up towards kind of the end of my career again, where, you know, after this summer, will I keep swimming or am I going to move on with my life? And that's kind of really scary for me because I think back to those six years and I'm like, wow, I was so unhappy. And I think it was because I was trying to find success somewhere else in my life, but really I still wanted it within the pool deck, and I just wasn't allowing myself to have that through coaching. And now, you know, I coach these young kids, and they show up every day more than excited to get in the water, and I think that that has really helped me fall back in love with the sport. And so I think, you know, when I when I finish swimming again, I'm going to kind of look towards that and look towards more of hopefully a mentoring role that I can help, you know, young athletes be able to kind of find their, find their way within their sports. When you took that break, and I know that burnout does happen, and mm -hmm. I, I kind of that you know I'm sure that's a worry for a lot of people who who invest in a sport for a long time. For for you, do you appreciate practice even more now after coming back from that break? I do absolutely, and I think even more so again after this past year when it was taken away from me when I didn't want it to be. You know, I wasn't ready to not swim for a couple months this last year, and so I think that yes, those six years have made me really appreciate what I have now, but also this last year has really made me appreciate, you know, on those bad days, I'm like, well, at least I'm here able to have a bad day instead right, of being right. stuck at home. So, you know, there's a lot of gratitude um, that I'm filled with each day now that I'm able to swim again and be <laughs> happy swimming again. <laughs> How in the world did you practice during the pandemic? Uh, I was very, very fortunate. And I think, um, you know, it's obviously different for everybody, but when we first, when the pool first shut down, and our, our pool shut down a lot later than a lot of other states did, so I was able to swim a little bit longer than some other people, but I actually found someone in the community who has an endless pool in their backyard. Nice. And they would let me come, and, you know, I didn't have to go inside. I didn't have to interact with them. I could just go in their backyard and do my training and then leave. But then, of course, you know, it, it got worse. We had the stay-at-home order. So I went about two or three months without swimming. Brutal. Yeah, it was hard. Uh, it was hard just, you know, mentally for me because I was like, well, I already feel behind because I took six years off. And now I have, you know, I, I feel like I'm getting even farther behind. But, you know, remembering everybody was kind of in the same boat. And even if you're not in the water, you can still be gaining strength. I was running, and even though I told you I hate running before this <laughs> podcast started, I was like, I don't like it. But I was able to kind of keep up my endurance and just work on things out of the water that would help me in the pool. So it was very tough. Um, but once I got back in the water, it was kind of like feeling refreshed, you know, that unexpected break. You get that mental break. You get that physical break. And getting back in then, it just, you know, made me be more grateful for being able to be there. And so I think it was, you know, secretly a good thing. So, you know, for Olympic athletes, you know, the time, the, the lifespan of a career is, you know, shorter than, uh, shorter than most other sports because you're only competing every four years. So, you know, with, you know, you took that break, you know, and you know that, you know, we don't know what the future will hold for you past, you know, this go around, you know, how much did the pandemic just kind of throw everything upside down? 
I had so many mixed feelings about it because in the beginning, you know, it's is it going to get postponed or is it going to get canceled? I'm like, if it gets canceled, I don't know if I can train another three full years. You right. know, I'll be 34. That <laughs> At some point, you know, my body isn't going to be able to do what it's doing now. And, you know, at some point I want to have a family too. So there are just a lot of emotions there. And then whenever I found out it was going to get postponed, I tried to look at that in a positive way for me where, okay, I get another f- year of training where that's going to be really positive, hopefully for me, since I took six years off. You know, so it was trying to find the positives throughout that situation um, that, was, that could be very negative as well. Just trying to stay positive. Remembering we're all in it together. You know, everybody was, even though we had different circumstances, we were all in the same situation together. Y'all being positive, especially these days, an absolute skill for survival. Absolutely. My goodness. Um, for, again, for you with Olympic training, because that window is so small, though, you have a really unique partnership with the coach that you have. Andrew, who is not only uh, your coach, but boyfriend of, of several years. What is it like having that kind of relationship as a trainer and, and boyfriend? Is it, are you guys, do this stuff stay at the pool or... How does that work? Yeah. Obviously, you have a huge smile on your face, so it's a good, it's a good relationship. <laughs> Most days. <laughs> um, I think it's really special, and I was very, very concerned about you know the the swimmer coach relationship going into it because I I knew that people would look at it weird, and I knew that right. people would be judgmental, and you know all those negative things that come along with that. But it really works for us, and I think the thing that worked so well for us is that I got to watch him be a swim coach and I got to watch the passion that he has for coaching before I made the decision to swim. So I had that respect building up for him before I decided to get in the water. And that decision for me to get in the water was my own. Wow. You know, so there, he does not ever make me do it. If I'm having a bad day, he's like, Leah, you're allowed to leave. Like, I'm not keeping you at the pool. So there's never that, you know, that pressure coming from him of having to do it. He knows that this is my dream and, you know, it's his dream as well, but I'm the one who has to be there putting in the hard work. And so it just works for us. And I think we do a really good job balancing the the home life and the, the pool life. And <laughs> yes, it overlaps sometimes, of course, because we're both swim nerds and we both want to talk about swimming all the time. And I think I've kind of taken over that role a little bit more than <laughs> actually. When we first started dating was whenever I hated swimming. And he oh, wow. would come home every day talking about, you know, how swim practice go, all these things. And he'd, like, teach me, like, how to, like, teach brushstroke properly. And I'm like, I literally don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about anything other than swimming right now? I, oh, like, man. I don't, I just, I needed to get away from it. You know, mentally, I was like, I just don't want to. And that's what he loved. And so it was really hard for a while. But now I feel like we've kind of switched roles where I, like, all I want to do is talk about swimming. And so, you know, finding that balance. But I think we do a good job of whenever I start to get overwhelmed where we're talking about it too much, I'm like, okay, let's talk about something else and we'll talk about something else. So it works for us. And I think it's just really special to, to get to do it with him because, you know, we, we've got to do a lot together this the last couple yeah. of years. And it's just amazing to get to do it with him. I, I would imagine the schedule is absolutely insane. So the fact that you guys understand the crazy schedule that you're putting yourself through, but as you mentioned his passion, if, if you guys have ever had a chance to meet Andrew in the community, the dude is absolutely obsessed with this sport. <laughs> so when you have someone like that, who's in your corner, cause there's one thing to support and really don't know what's going on versus like, I care about what you're doing and I can actually invest in you. That 
that's got to be another that, that must fill your tank even when you're extremely tired yeah it's really cool too because he'll be the first to admit that he doesn't know everything so he's always reaching out and trying to learn um, we, we were recently at a swim meet um, in San Antonio where there were a bunch of Olympic coaches, Olympians, national team swimmers, national team coaches, and he would spend so much time just talking to those coaches and listening. And I think that that kind of shows, you know, he just wants to learn from those guys, and he's, he's, he's still really invested in trying to become the best coach that he can be. So switching gears a little bit, you know, we've talked about, you know, you and your Olympic aspirations, but you're also a coach here with the Columbus Hurricanes swim team. Shout out Columbus Hurricanes. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so, so, you know, for those who may not follow the swim scene here locally, you know, closely, you know, what should they know about the Columbus Hur Hurricanes swim team and all the good things that they do? Oh, my gosh. I, I can't say enough good things about them. They're the reason why I started swimming again. They gave me that passion back for the sport. Like I said, those, you know, when I first moved down here, I was coaching the, the eight and unders. And, right. gosh, they just they reminded me of why I love the sport to begin with. So I can't say enough good things about the, the Hurricanes. Um, we are a year-round program, so we have anyone from the ages of five up until 18, and then we also have a master's program. So that's kind of where I, I started swimming with the um, anybody really in the community that wants to swim for triathlons, um, that kind of training, or if they want to do master's swim meets, you can still compete. And so we have a really broad range of um, abilities and levels, and we have groups for all of them. We also, in the summer, have t our Tiger Shark program, so that's more of a lesson-based program. And we're also hoping, hoping to partner up with um, the the country club and doing a little bit more of some lessons with them. So we we're really trying to expand and I think, you know, teaching kids how to swim is should be one of the number one priorities because I think it's just a safety thing. Oh yeah. And so if we can, you know, keep getting those some lessons in, especially during the summer, I th I think that that's extremely important. And then hopefully they they love it and want to join <laughs> us year round and and they just keep swimming for us. <laughs> so you know, what kind of brought you here to Columbus and the Hurricanes? You know, Columbus isn't exactly a swim destination. <laughs> so, you know, how, you know, how did you find yourself to the Fountain City? Yeah, so uh, Andrew, actually, he, he took the, the job down here to be the head coach. And um, I was kind of, he was looking here, and then he was looking up in, um, like, Boston, Massachusetts area. And I was like, well, if I have any say in it, <laughs> I like warm weather. And so we kind of made the decision to move down here. And I think it was one of the best decisions that we made. It was a move that made both of us happier. And, I mean, we really love being down here. We love the community. We love the team. Things have just been really good. As I said, you know, those six years were six rough years for me. Right. And I think making the move down here really just, I was able to, you know, something switched. And so I'm really grateful for this whole community. When I, I think I've been to the, the Aquatic Center a couple of times, it is a beautiful facility. So Massive. So for you as a coach, though, what is it like to bring those kids into an environment like that? And then is, do you, as a coach, what is it like when you see a, like a light switch flip for a kid and they, they actually get like how to do a butterfly well and then you see them grow? Yeah, I, well, the, the pool's amazing. And it still surprises me that we, on like a weekly basis, will meet someone and they're like, oh, there's a pool here? We've never been to the pool. And I'm like, it's one of the most amazing pools in the country. Right. Honestly, like people have no idea. And I almost feel like spoiled because then we'll go to like another swim meet like somewhere. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we're definitely spoiled. <laughs> so, we, you know, being really grateful for what we have. Um, and then seeing that light switch come for the kids is just, you know, that's why you coach. And that's why you show up every day to finally see that light switch. And I, I, <laughs> I have some moments where I remember – 
watching kids like figure something out and I'm literally like jumping up and down like excited for them and so I think it's just that that's that's the whole point right is to try to figure things out and for coaches trying to figure out how to get that light switch you know how many different ways can I say something for them to you know finally figure it out because everybody learns differently and so when that finally happens it feels really good you have gone through massive workouts and I understand mm -hmm. for some of my friends who, who are swimmers the workouts are long they're not they're not easy and they're sometimes very early in the morning <laughs> so take us through a day what would be a workout day for you well it's very different now than it was when i was growing up when i was in college um gosh it was just constant you know we would wake up at 5 30 have about an hour hour and a half practice go to our classes and then we'd have another two hour practice in the afternoon and then we would have weights for an hour after that i'm then, tired hearing that yeah <laughs> I don't do that anymore. Um, I think that I was maybe a little overtrained in college. I was just doing a little too much, always tired. And now that I'm, I'm 31 now, so clearly my body's not going to be able to do the same stuff it did whenever I was 18, 19. Fair. And so we've really, you know, cut back on that. I swim for about an hour and a half a day. Um, sometimes it gets up to two hours. And then I do... Um, weights three times a week but that's only 30 minutes and I've actually cut back on my weights a little bit where I do lighter weight I'm not trying to lift the heaviest things in the room gotcha. and then I also do some yoga so just trying to you know work on flexibility core control that kind of stuff and recently in the last couple of months I've really taken the recovery aspect and have almost you know implemented that as if it's a workout so okay. you know designating that time to use the massage gun or taking a bath or an ice bath or you know just things like that that are helping my recovery because like i said i'm only getting older you know this ex <laughs> only this getting extra, better though this extra year you know i was like okay i'm gonna be 30 you know 30 is gonna be the number by my name at olympic trials and now i'm 31 and i don't know why that hurts a little bit more but it does <laughs> you never get used to it honestly i just i start turning 34 this year and it's like why why does stuff hurt why does stuff hurt randomly i, I was literally walking my Thanks. knee's fine. Yep. Thanks a lot, guys. I have a lot to look forward to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're going to enjoy all of this, Jack. I'm going to sit back and laugh. My oh. parents totally laughing at me right now. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. The back hurts? Yeah, we know. Yeah. We, we told you. We warned you. <laughs> Let me just stay 28 forever, please. Yeah. yeah. No, stay there as long as possible. Yes. So, you know, bouncing back to your collegiate, you know, you know, where'd you get your start? Like, was it high school, college? You know, where'd you get your start, you know, when it comes to swimming? So I started when I was four years old. I was Ooh. on a, a mini team, little mini team, and I was hooked. So I swam from when I was four until when I graduated. So I would have been graduated from college. So I would have been like 21, 22. That is, that yeah. is a long, good career. Yeah. So that's why I, I took those six years off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> get it. They totally were get needed. It. <laughs> and where'd you go to college at? University of Texas. Hook up. Oh, Let's boy. go. Here we go. Let's go. Here we go. <laughs> the the men's swim team just won their NCAA championship, so really there we exciting. Go. Yes. Hey, Texas fight. That's yes. awesome. Yes, and the women just scored, like, the highest they've scored. They, they got third. It's, like, the highest they've scored since 2001 or something. So, oh, wow. So, yeah, it was really amazing. Yeah, they you had know, a good year. You know you've gotten this man started now, right? Enjoy <laughs> all of it, Jack. Enjoy all of it. So this, this man is Texas proud, okay? Yes, <laughs> love it. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, you're outnumbered. <laughs> finally, you're finally the Georgia Bulldogs outnumbered for once. For <laughs> yeah, once. I'm sure that never happens here. Oh no, no, no! That's why I'm enjoying the moment right now. But we did a t-shirt check earlier in this one. You're wearing a pretty dope t-shirt. Explain. Is that is that a, a, a team you train with, or is that a team you were part of? 
Just break it down. Yeah, so this is my Rock the Red DC Trident shirt um, from the ISL. The ISL, it, it's uh, the International Swim League. Right it was something that I was able to be a part of this year. That was really amazing. I spent eight weeks in Budapest. Wow. Yeah, Whoa. yeah, eight weeks in Budapest. And this was in, like, you know, September around there. So uh -huh. this is still during the pandemic. They had a ton of really strict COVID protocols. Uh -huh. We had to get tested. The, the testing was terrible. Like Ow. they stuck it up as far as they could, Ow. testing every five days. Um, we basically lived in a bubble, so we weren't really allowed to go explore or anything like that. But um, the International Swim League, this was the second year for it. Mm -hmm. And it's basically like a professional swimming league, like the, well, the, the NFL. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. yeah. The NBA, gotcha. yeah. So okay. something like that, it's a it's a start, and there's uh -huh. 10 teams, and I was able to be a part of it. That's and really cool. The, That's really cool. Yeah, the, so I was on the D.C. Trident team, and it was one of the coolest experiences that I've ever had. Yeah. I was about to say, like, the one thing about swimming is that, unfortunately, the uh, whenever the Olympics come on, I love watching swimming, you know, obviously with the Michael Phelps run and all that, but that happens every four years. Yeah. So with, this, uh, with the ISL, being able to bond with fellow swimmers who are as passionate about the sport, that must have just been a whole new ball game for you. It was so cool. Because I think, you know, especially when it happened too, where all of us were, you know, maybe a little bit lower than normal through the pandemic and then to get to go over there and be around all these amazing athletes who are training for the same thing and um, just to, to get to experience that. So we got to train together, we ate together, um, and then we would have swim meets. So I think, you know, you're, you're talking about how swimming is really only like in the world scene that people want to watch every four years during the Olympics. This is hopefully something that will be happening every year. It's actually really exciting to watch. They they do a really good job with like the graphics and mm -hmm. the music. And so it's a quick two hour swim meet that's actually fun to watch. You know, you that's go, really cool. The, the groundhog meet that you go to, yeah, I have fun at that because I love coaching. But sure. really as a spectator, you're sitting there for hours and it's like, <laughs> I don't know who I'm watching. There's a ton of kids. So this is really compact. Um, and I think that it's the future of the sport, which is really cool. Really exciting. Yeah. Awesome. So you have, you've been, obviously you're an athlete, you know, swimming competitively, but you're also a coach. What's been the biggest lesson that you've kind of learned, you know, juggling those two? I think it can be a little, I don't want to say if it's hard, but I just always want to make sure that I'm giving as much energy into both. You know what I mean? I don't ever want any of the kids to think that my swimming is more important than theirs, and I hope that they never feel that way. And I hope that, you know, they see that my swimming and my training and my being with them is hopefully a positive thing, and hopefully they're looking at some of the things I'm doing and learning. And, you know, like I, I mentioned before, how I would love to be more of like a mentor kind of in leadership role. I hope that that's happening. And, um, yeah, I mean... In the beginning, it was really hard just because I, I, I worried about that aspect of, like, I don't want these kids to think that, you know, I'm doing this for the wrong reasons or to try to take over, you know, what they're trying to do. And so I think, you know, me and the team have kind of grown through that. And I, I think that they have given me nothing but the utmost amount of support, you know. So I, I love them for that. Um, and I, th I really hope that, you know, through throughout all these experiences, I'm able to give back to them. So, you know, I'm going through the highs and lows. I had a really great month in, like, January and, and February, and I'm kind of at a low right now where I'm struggling through practices. And I, I just hope that, you know, they can see that, 
yeah, it's okay to have the good days, the bad days. It's okay to have, you know, a good practice, a bad practice, all of those things, and just to be able to connect with them kind of on, on that level. Because, you know, I think Andrew's an awesome coach where he's so good at planning the season and right. teaching the, the technique and stuff. And But then on the other side of it, and this is where we work well together, is I, I know what it feels like to be in the water. You know, he was a little bit of a swimmer, but it's not the same, especially when I'm doing it right now. So I think that we can we kind of work well in that sense together. As a coach, can you also recognize when a kid is, like, not feeling it anymore? Like maybe they're starting burnout and you can help gear them the right way or tell them, like, maybe explore other stuff because obviously you took a break for a while and you know what it's like to go through a lifetime of a grind. So when you see a kid maybe struggling a little bit, is it, is it, does it help the conversation? Like, I know what you're going through for real. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely had those conversations and I think, you know, one of the hardest things is we have to be willing to, to open up, to have those conversations. And I can look back and I, you know, I, I wasn't willing to have that conversation. Sure. So that can be the really hard part as I didn't want to admit that I needed to take a break. I didn't want to admit that I needed to stop swimming and that I didn't like it anymore. So that can just be a really tough conversation to, to admit those things. And, you know, hopefully, you know, the more that we're around, um, the more that we can have those conversations with those kids and, and help them through those tough times. Because, I mean, it's hard. It's really hard. <laughs> It's, a, it's such an individual sport, too. That, that's what it makes is. it really tough. You can't really hear the crowd noise because you're underwater yeah. the entire time. Yeah. But uh, as far as the adrenaline rush, I'm sure you get you go crazy if one of your kids does super well at a meet or anything. Well, what's it like being a coach at a meet now? Is oh, that- I think it's so exciting. Um, I have a different appreciation for coaches than I probably did growing up because I'm like, <laughs> man, I'm really tired. Like that was a long weekend and I didn't even get in and swim. So, um, but no, it's, it's really fun. And it's just fun to be able to not just watch them swim fast, but just, you know, I think when you're at a swim meet, you're hanging out with them on the pool deck. And so you get to build those connections and you get to watch them be silly and be goofy and, you know, just be kids having fun at a swim meet. And I think that's, you know, sometimes more fun than getting up and watching them race because, it, that's that's awesome, but that's not what the sport's all about. The sport's all about, you know, what's happening before and after those races and, you know, just teaching them the, the life lessons that go along the way and, and teaching them, you know, what helping them learn what went well, what didn't go well, and how can we reevaluate this race to be better next time. And, and those are the things that are important that I really enjoy. I just enjoy those conversations that are happening. All right. So you have the, you know, the opportunity to be both an athlete and a coach. You know, you know, it's very possible that, you know, your students, your the, the players that you coach, you know, see you as a role model. You know, what does that mean to you knowing that, you know, you have a group of swimmers that look up to you. They see you trying to chase your Olympic dreams, knowing that, you know, one day they may want to do the same thing. I really hope that's happening. And uh, I, I know that. Um, recently I started swimming with the senior group a little bit more often. That's our highest group. They, they're all in high school and it has certainly, um, been something that's in the back of my mind because I know when I had bad days, when I was swimming by myself, it's so easy for me to just get upset, cry, get mad. And it's okay. Cause it's, it, I mean, it's not okay, but you know, it's just, <laughs> it's, it's just me and it's Andrew. So I can have, you know, at least those emotions and stuff aren't affecting other people. Whereas now when I I'm swimming with them and I'm having a really bad day in the back of my mind, I'm thinking like, okay, well, how would I want the kid next to me to react as a coach 
if they're having a bad day. You know, I don't want them getting upset. I don't want them crying. So I don't want them to see me getting upset and crying over a, a swim practice. You know, like, it's not the end of the world if you have a bad workout. Easier said than done. Right, but, I was about to say. <laughs> but, you know, just I, I think that it's, it's kind of helped me just, you know, remember, you know, okay, you know, if these kids are watching me, how would I want them to, to see me acting right now? So for all the kids who are watching this podcast, mm-hmm. Coach Gingrich does not cry. She does not get mad at all after Never. the event. <laughs> See no. nothing here, nothing, man. Yeah, See, see nothing here. Did not See, happen. None of that happened. They know I'm super emotional. I talk about it all the time. I'm gotcha. like, look, I cried whenever I had a good practice. I cry when I have a bad practice. I cry when I'm excited. I cry all the time. It's fine. <laughs> so Thursday, Coach Gingrich is crying. Totally normal. Yeah. Just It's just another practice. Yeah, We're fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> So I think one of the, the I think on the lighter side of swimming, we we've seen like with co- with uh, with other swimmers at the Olympic level, just the amount of stuff they can eat. I think the Michael Phelps <laughs> breakfast has been absolutely insane. That's so nuts. It's yeah. just a, what is the go-to like, cheat meal for you or or power meal for you as a swimmer when you're when you're in the middle of training? Oh goodness, I don't know. You know, I just. People, I've actually had this conversation recently with a couple different people about, you know, tracking my food and eating healthy and all that stuff. And I'm like, it's annoying, right? I just, I just eat what I want. Like, <laughs> I don't know. You know, you have to be smart, obviously. You know, I'm not going to have Wendy's every single day. I'm not going to eat out every single day. But if, if I'm craving a Wendy's burger, I'm like, Andrew, I really need a burger right now. And we go get a burger. Um, and as and, a coach, he's like, okay, we're going to do that workout and that yeah. workout. <laughs> yeah. He's the one tracking it and being sure, like, Sure, right. yeah, you, get, you go ahead and get a Frosty. It's fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I just try to, you know, keep it balanced and stuff. And I think that's what's important is just kind of listening to your body. Right. I've been trying to listen to my body for 31 years now. And so, <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't, I don't have it all, all worked out, but I just try to, you know, be as balanced as possible, and if I want something, I'll eat it and just not overindulge too much. Um, but, yeah, I like burgers. I like tacos. I went to Texas, so I like, like you know, the Tex-Mex kind of stuff. Dude, now I shouldn't have brought that up. I'm hungry now. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's number one because you've been on the road all day. That's also very true, Jack. Go ahead. But number two, you know, you're from Texas, so I have to ask this, and Rex is going to love me for this. What is your opinion on Whataburger? Be right, Leah. Oh. No! No! Stop it! <laughs> See, it, Sit it, down. <laughs> Andrew and I were just there twice in uh, for in San Antonio for right. some meets, and he loves it. And I'm like, ah, oh, it's not like it's just not my favorite. Whataburger's not my favorite. I like In and Out better. Andrew, you're my favorite now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're still cool with me, Leah. Okay. You're still cool. With me. Other than absolutely shattering my heart, no. <laughs> Um, traveling, traveling to the pandemic, mm-hmm. you were able to go to Budapest. I, that's it. I know that, that everyone has been, I had kind of a travel bug right now, Yeah. but we've heard about the NBA bubble. We've heard about life in a bubble. How crazy is it though, to, to be in a bubble and compete internationally? Is it, is it really just, do you get cabin fever? How do you fight that off? So fortunately I am an introvert, so it doesn't go. bother me as much as it does. Like Andrew's the complete opposite. He needs to get out and go. And, and so for me, you know, I'm okay. Just we oh the bubble that we had on the island we were or we were on an island so our hotel was on an island so we could go outside and go for walks we weren't completely stuck to like you have to stay in this hotel you gotcha. have to stay in your room um, but yeah I think I'm just fortunate in the fact that like I could stay in my room all day and I would be <laughs> fine like if you give me a book or like some Netflix I'm good to go um, but yeah it was I mean it 
it was pretty crazy. I mean, I was there for about eight weeks, and by the eight weeks, I was like, okay, I'm ready to be home and just, you know, get back to that familiar, like, I, I like my routine in my day-to-day of, you know, just my homebody. So after a <laughs> while, you know, I was ready. But it was still just a really good experience, and the fact that they were able to pull it off, and they're, other than when we arrived, there were no more athlete COVID positive cases. So you yeah. know, wow, everything, that's really that's yeah, fantastic. That, that I know of, anyway. You know, okay, gotcha. Um, I'm, I don't. I think there were some on, like, the, the media side and stuff like that, but none, no, no athletes. And so whatever they were doing, you know, all the COVID pro- protocols really worked, and they kept us safe. And so it was, it was really awesome to be able to, to experience that. Island bubble. Talk about a bougie yeah. bubble. That must there, be nice. There you yeah. go. <laughs> I mean, that sounds enticing even when we're not in a pandemic. Yeah, that'll yeah. work. That'll yeah. work. So, you know, staying on the uh, subject of travel, you know, whether we're in a pandemic or not, swimming is one of those sports where it requires you to do a lot of travel. Sure does. So how do you balance that with coaching and training? Uh, that's really hard. The I think – Balancing it with coaching is harder because when you're away, you're away. Sure. You know, you can't be on the pool deck with them. You can't be coaching them. Um, but just communicate. We have an awesome staff. We have, There's, I think, six coaches now, and they're all awesome. So when I'm away, when Andrew's away, when we're both away, we have those coaches that are doing so great to step up and fill our place. And I, I think, you know, it's, it's a lot easier for me to leave knowing that we have great coaches that are ready to step in and they're going to do a great job and it's going to be like I never left. And so, you know, in that aspect, that could be hard, but those coaches make it a lot easier. The training aspect, I mean, my training doesn't change. So right. there might be that one day where I miss um, training for travel, but I usually try to swim before I leave and get on a plane just so that I know it's done, and then I can spend the day traveling, and if there's delayed flights or, you know, anything, you know, all those things that you can't control if those happen, then I'm going to go for the day, and I don't have to worry about getting the training in. So luckily when we go anywhere for swim meets, you know, the pool's obviously open for us to train, and it's it's just the same. What when Now, getting to that Olympic level, that – to, to get ready for the Olympic trials. When are the Olympic trials coming up? They're in June. They're middle in June. of June. Middle of June? Yes. So when you get in the pool, but you look at the other the other uh, competitors who so they happen to just be younger, do you like proving proving that, you know what, so what, I'm this old, but I can still go with the best? Uh, honestly, I really just like swimming against them. I think, That's you know, awesome. you can see that they're, they're there, they're excited to swim, and, you know, they're kind of like feeling like they're in their prime, and now I'm feeling like I'm in my prime again. And there so you I go. think it's just fun to be able to step up and race them. And I think, you know, whenever I first went to swim meet, I went to, um, I did a couple local ones where I kind of felt out of place because I was the oldest one and just getting back into it. But my first bigger swim meet that I went to was Winter Nationals, and I felt like I did not belong. I was like, really? oh, my gosh, like, I think I was 28 at the time. I don't belong, like literally standing next to a 15 year old right now. Oh Lord like, have mercy. This is not, I, I shouldn't be here. Like I'm, and then part of it is like, you know, I'm not that good to be here and all this crazy stuff and all this negative, like self-talk going on. And then, so I kind of had to learn to like get away from that. And I think, you know, just the more and more some meets that I went to and seeing that there are older athletes that are still doing this and look, I'm having fun doing it. And all, you know, the, 
15, 16 year olds who I'm racing, they, when we're done racing, we look at each other and we say, good job. So it's almost as if like age really isn't a number once you step up on the block and you're racing. And I kind of am starting to feel that more now at the swim meets, which is really good. Um, and just makes me feel a little bit more comfortable and confident, confident within, you know, being old. <laughs> well, dude, it just it seems like you're just so much happier, like getting on the blocks these days. It's, 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 you found that joy again. You found that happiness. And I think most importantly, you're having fun again. Yeah. Like how important, is that something you've been teaching your kids too? It's like, this has to be fun. Yeah, we're yes. pushing you. Yes, it's hard, but this has to be fun for you. Yes, that is something that my parents taught me growing up. If I had, you know, I would have obviously those bad days, those rough days, and I'd come home complaining about practice or complaining about my coach or, you know, whatever. And my, my coach and I from back then, we have a great relationship. But they'd be like, you know, you don't have to swim. And I'm like, yes, I do. And they're like, well, if you're not having fun, you don't have to swim. Like, it always has to be fun. And I'm like, it is fun. It is fun. Like, I promise it's fun. I don't want to stop. You know, it's just a bad day. And then there, I remember specifically there was a time when I would go to the swim meet with my club coach growing up, and he'd, you know, be giving me this pep talk or telling me, like, what to focus on or something, and I'd be like, Mike, just, just let me go have fun. And so that kind of started to be a thing where before I'd get up and go race, he'd be like, just go have fun. And that's kind of transferred over to Andrew now where he's just like, all right, go have fun. <laughs> and that, that, that's all it is. I mean, if you're not having fun, what's the point? Especially for me. There's... There's no other reason for me to be swimming right now other than the fact that I, I really enjoy everything about it. 100% uh, agree with that. So one of the big things about the sport of swimming is, you know, normally, you know, outside of the Olympic season, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. But, you know, during, you know, the trials and then obviously the Olympics itself, it's almost on a national stage, you know, with the things that, you know, swimmers like Michael Phelps has done and, uh, you know, especially, you know, during those years in Athens and Beijing, you know, it's kind of put it on a spotlight. You know, have you ever seen like an increase in participation, you know, once, you know, during Olympic years and things like that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, everybody gets more excited about swimming on the Olympic years, um, especially, like, during our summer programs, um, just getting the kids, like, it, it's a great, our Tiger Shark program is just a really great program to, to try the sport and see if you like it. It's six weeks. It's kind of like a camp. Gotcha. Um, and so it's just to, you know, get your feet wet on the sport, and we do swim meets for them, too, and it's just you know, kind of showing them what the sport is like. And I think a lot of people um, really appreciate that and like it. And, yeah, I mean, it gets filled up like that. On the <laughs> <years>. <laughs> Everybody wants to be like Michael Phelps, right? Of course. Exactly. I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> what is it about butterfly? Why, why that specific stroke? Because I, I, it, for anyone who hasn't or doesn't know what a butterfly stroke is, it's absolutely insane. It's the, like, I had coaches who would, when I play water polo, that was the punishment stroke. If you of curse course. in the pool, all right, 100 butterfly, and everyone looks at me like, thanks, Rex, <laughs> you jerk. So why butterfly? I've just always liked butterfly. So growing up, I did um, all the races, all the strokes. I did long distance. Um, but 200 butterfly was just always my favorite. And um, even now, like, we'll do some pretty crazy workouts where I'll do most of it butterfly. And I can just get into a rhythm. I don't know if it's just not like the way I was born. Um, if I just like, you know, I got to give credit to the people who, who taught me how to swim. You know, they obviously taught me how a to do credit. this. Yeah, just a little bit. Just a little. They, they taught me how to do the stroke the right way where I, knock on wood, have not had shoulder problems. And, you know, that's, that's something that's pretty hard for a lot of swimmers to say, especially if they're swimming a lot of butterfly. But I just get into a rhythm. 
that's why I try to teach the kids is butterflies about rhythm. It's not about like trying to be like really muscular and power through it. Gotcha. It's if you get into a rhythm, you should be able to do it all day long. But it, it can be really hard to find that rhythm. So, but I found that, and so I I actually enjoy swimming butterfly more than I do freestyle, which. No swimmer ever says that. <laughs> I was about to say, she's like one of maybe yeah. a million who will say that. So, you know, with that being, all that being said, you've had a long career in the pool. Who has made, you know, a big impact on you in your career? Uh, well, I can't pick just one, so. Uh, by all <laughs> means. By all means, go ahead. I have to give credit to my parents and my brother. I mean, they were so supportive and I think that that's like honestly if I had to pick one it would be it would be my family my my parents and my brother they were they were just they would do anything for me like my parents would wake up early in the morning take me anywhere they would drive me anywhere for some meets it was they knew what my goals were and they were willing to help in any way that they could help and then also if I had a good race I would get out of the pool and go to them and they'd say good job we love you you did awesome if I had a bad race I'd go to them, good job, you did so awesome, we love you. And even though I hated it when they said that, because I was like, I didn't do a good job, I appreciate that now, um, now that I'm older, and just knowing that, you know, they really didn't put any kind of pressure on me to be good at swimming. They just were a support system for me. And, you know, same for my brother. My, <laughs> my brother probably gave up way too many hours being at uh, the, the pool for swim meets, and he's just, you know, so great and so supportive through that. Um, but then my coaches too, you know, my, my club coach growing up, Mike Gobrecht, he, uh, I ha he's the one who made me fall in love with swimming, you know, at an older age. Of course I loved it when I was little, but it's hard to still love it when you get older and you're, you know, on that daily grind. And I think that Adulting he, and whatnot. Yeah, 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 he just really shaped the, the sport for me and really helped me. Um, we had so many meetings together where he would just help, you know, plan out the season and, and help you know, figure out what it was going to take for me to get from wh where I was to where I wanted to be. And I just think that, that uh, I, I'm so fortunate to have that relationship with him where I always called him like my second dad because he would literally tell me like, Leah, you're not allowed to go ice skating. You're going to hurt yourself. <laughs> I, I wouldn't go ice skating. I actually think my parents and him teamed up where my parents were like, Mike, you need to tell her like she can't do X, Y, and Z because I don't want her to. We need help. And she'll only listen to you. <laughs> so... You know, what's been one of your career highlights? You know, you've had such a long and story career. You know, what's been some of the highlights that you've experienced? You know, places you've been, you know, meets you've won. You know, what's been some of your career highlights? I think, you know, some of the biggest highlights are just getting to travel, doing what I love. You know, not many people can say they're traveling, Very doing true, something yeah. that they yes. love to do. And I've gotten to travel the world, even if while traveling the world i'm really only seeing like the pool and you know what's what's in between the pool and the, and the, hotel. the hotel but that's fine um i've gotten to go to australia mexico spain brazil budapest and all over the country and so i think you know just getting to do that shows you know the hard work is really paying off and and that's been something really special a lot of those trips were on the usa national team so i was representing the united states while doing it which makes it even more special um, yeah, so I think, you know, just getting to be a part of the national team and being a part of USA, something so much bigger than yourself is definitely my biggest highlight. I was just about to ask, like, so representing Team USA, that 
that's something I'm sure everyone in your sport aspires to do it, but yeah. like to actually have those three letters across, you know, on, on whatever gear you're wearing and just to say that I am part of the national team, you're smiling from here yeah. already. <laughs> just how special would that be? And now to do it, hopefully at the upcoming Olympics, what would that mean to you? Yeah. I mean, like your introduction when you were like, she's aspiring to represent the red, white, and blue, I instantly got nervous and I was like, oh. I'm like sweating, like getting nervous. <laughs> um, that's that's the ultimate goal, right? I mean, and to to be able to do that would just be amazing. Like I just get emotional thinking about it. And I think when I was younger and I was on the national team, I don't think that I really understood what representing United States was. I just thought it was cool. I get my last name on my cap. I get the flag on the cap. I get <laughs> USA on my suit. Like I get to travel to Australia. Awesome. But it, it's so much more than that. And I think. You know, being 31, uh, it's just a different perspective, and it would just mean so much more in a different way. Coolest place you've traveled to? Oh, I really liked my trip to Brazil. That was probably really? one of my favorite trips. Um, but if I had to go, like, somewhere again, I'd probably pick Australia just because I'm, I'm a big beach person, so I love, love being by the beach. If you ever need a pair, like, I don't know, people who carry water, <laughs> yeah. definitely be solid water boys. Okay. I'm, you know, I'm just putting it out there, Jack, by That's the way. That's high quality okay. H2O. <laughs> I will keep that in mind. Yes. Nailed it, Jack. And we can just go away in a suitcase. We're not. Yeah, we're fine. Okay. We, we, we don't need much, okay? Yeah. Just a, some Pop-Tarts and, like, some peanuts, and, yeah. and then we'll be yeah. fine. Well, okay. no, you can't have peanuts. Almonds. Almonds. There you, go. there you go. So, you know, when, when it comes to your swim career, you've done so much. Did you ever imagine that, you know, you would end up being a coach? Was that always a career goal for you? Absolutely not. <laughs> really? I had, I, I mean, I, so I always wanted to be a teacher. Okay. Um, so kind of the same, but not really. But since, you know, my career ended up going the way it did and I, I ended on such a bad note, I really didn't think that I would be coaching. But I moved back home to Pennsylvania when I graduated from Texas and I had to take a couple extra classes to get certified as a teacher in Pennsylvania. And so my club coach is like, well, you can come <laughs> on the pool deck with me and you can coach and have, you know, a part-time job while you're doing that. And so I was like, well, I can't turn that up. I need to make money. And, you know, it was, I got all, I didn't even have to interview, you know, it was just handed to me. And I think, you know, at that time I can look back and say I wasn't a very good coach. You know, I'll, I'll admit that. And not that I was terrible, but, you know, I didn't really want to be there. And I think it probably showed some days and I didn't know what I was doing because I, I only knew the sport as an athlete, not the right. other side of that as a coach. I always did a really good job showing up and just doing whatever the coaches asked, and that's what I like to do. I, I didn't really need to know why or how, and I think, you know, if I started questioning that, I probably wouldn't have done so well because I just wanted to trust. And so I kind of had to start learning that kind of stuff, and it wasn't until really, I mean, moving down here that I really started taking that extra step to, to learn how to be a better coach and to really invest in it. And that's whenever I, I really started falling in love with coaching as well. But yeah, whenever I first, you know, was kind of just like handed to me, I was not doing so great of a job. And I wish I could go back and, you know, obviously be a better coach for those kids. But hopefully, you know, they do, hopefully they don't think that I was a bad coach. I just see the difference between how I am now. I'm so much more active on the pool deck and I'm so much more invested compared to, to what I was then. So you talked a little bit just a second ago about the differences between actively competing and being a coach. You know, 
when you, you during your you know sabbatical from the pool sabbatical you, look at that yeah. <laughs> i'm not that fancy right? <laughs> <laughs> but during during your time away from the pool did you learn anything you know during that stint that kind of helped you along as you went further into your career back into the pool as an athlete yes i think for me uh, Man, it was just getting away, you know, and, and just taking that mental break from it. And uh, I guess, honestly, through through those six years, I started, you know, just learning how to be more honest with myself of what I wanted. So when I stopped swimming, I knew that I had more left in me. I knew I wanted more. But at that moment in time, I just wasn't ready and able to give more. I was I was done. And I... I actually, so when I graduated in 2012, I finished my NCAA career and then was going to have a couple months until 2012 Olympic trials. And I was all set to go to that. Wow. I was getting ready. And then I was like, you know what? I don't like this anymore. I have to stop. So I stopped, stopped swimming, stopped going to practices. And then, like, literally, like, two days later, I'm like, no, I want to come back because I need to go to Olympic trials. <laughs> and then so I went back to practice for a couple days, and I'm like, no, I can't do this. Like, I don't love it anymore. And so it was, like, that back and forth of, like, what do I want? And, like, just learning how to be honest with myself to the point of now or when I, you know, was getting back into the water, being honest with myself of, okay, this is what I want to do, and I know I have more left in me, and I know I can do more. Let's do this. And so it wasn't necessarily learning something about the sport specifically, but just more learning about myself and being honest with what I want and not worrying about the judgment or the negative thoughts that come along with that from other people. That takes a ton of courage to be that honest with yourself. And then to be that honest with yourself, like, no, I'm getting back to the pool. Like, that- it, it was one of the most scariest moments to admit to anybody that I was training for Olympic trial or training to make, not just training for olympic trials you know that's one thing if you want to just go and compete at olympic trials but no i was saying i am training to make the olympic team that was the most scariest moment of my life to admit that to people really yes and is it still kind of scary or are you a little you is it Um, your hands around it a little bit more it's it's obviously still scary in the fact that like that is such a huge goal and you know only i don't know the percentage like one percent of people make that or whatever you know it's crazy only two people per event make the team for the united states that's so crazy i I didn't realize it was just two two people so two females and the 200 butterfly will make it you're fighting for one of those spots yes wow (laughs) yes so to admit that, after taking six years off and only training for like five or six months at the age of, I think I was 28 at the time, that was terrifying. And I was like, sure, I can say this. And, you know, Andrew believes me and my family believes in me and that's fine. But like, how many people are going to make fun of me? And I'm a very self-conscious person. So I just am always worried about what people are thinking. And that's so terrible, but it, it is what it is. And so to get past that was really really scary. <laughs> I don't know about you, Jack, but I think she's awesome. I, well, no, I do, I do too, and that's incredible to be able to do something like that. I mean, Lord forbid, I go out there and embarrass myself. <laughs> no. Same here. <laughs> so, you know, you've been able to do so much with the local community here, have a big impact with that. What do you feel like your legacy so far is with the Columbus Hurricanes and what you've been able to do, you know, training up the next generation of swimmers? And, you know, what do you hope your lasting impact will be? 
oh gosh, I don't know. You know, I just hope that they they look at me and they they have respect for for what I'm doing and they see that I'm not only you know maybe a fast swimmer in their eyes or whatever, but I was doing it right and hopefully being a good person. I think that growing up, that was what my parents cared about is they didn't care if someone came to them and said, wow, Leah's so fast, she's doing so good. They they appreciated the comments that, oh, Leah was so respectful or Leah was so nice. And so I, I hope they see that and I hope that they can see, you know, the the stuff that comes along with me that's not just about like what my times were or how that race was. They see everything else and hopefully that's a positive thing. <laughs> What's the best part about being a coach, especially in this community? The best part about being a coach in this community, that's a hard question. Sorry. <laughs> Just because there's so many good things. Like, I thoroughly enjoy showing up to work every day. And, again, that's something not many people can say is that I actually yeah. enjoy going and being a coach and coaching the kids that I coach. And I think it's just I enjoy being there. So, I don't know. That that might be the best part. It's just, you know, having the athlete that – the, the athletes are making me want to go, and they're making me want to be there, and I think that that's really special. I, I show up on the pool deck, and my kids are ready to get in the water. They're already in the water, like, waiting for me, like, Leah, why are you not here yet? And I'm like, I'm 10 minutes early. <laughs> you guys are just doing extra credit right now. Jeez. Um, but, you know, on the flip side of the athletes being so great, the, the parents really are, too, and I think that's really shown <clears throat> over the past two or three years about how much – they're just willing to help me within my swimming career as well. You know, a lot of them will text me, ask me how I'm doing. If I'm away at a swim meet, they'll be, they'll be watching. They'll be the first ones to text me saying, good job, you, you're doing awesome, you know, whatever. And then they're the first ones to reach out if they have any information that could help me, you know, like. Really? Yeah, I've, I've asked about, like, nutritionists and stuff just to talk and, um, I had, like, this really big, like, lump on my shoulder, and I needed it out. So, you know, they hooked me up with um, acupuncture. And so it's just been, you know, that kind of community of helping me and that kind of stuff. is. I, I just feel like I've built relationships and not just, like, them helping me and being good parents. No, they're, I'm building relationships with them where I'm, you know, able to communicate with them about anything. And it's kind of fun to just make those connections and relationships. And, you know, that I think that kind of speaks on the swim community here in Chattahoochee Valley as well, which, you know, you know, frankly, a lot of people don't know about, you know, just how, you know, first, how talented it is, and then, two, just how much of a supportive community it is. Yeah, I think swimming is a very unique sport where right. there are so many great families involved in it. And, you know, I, I, I'm biased when I say that because I kind of stopped doing the sports whenever I was, like, 10, and so I only was doing swimming. But we, we do really have a lot of great families on our team, and I experienced that with the prior teams that I was a part of, too. So I think that that's just something really special about swimming. You kind of have to be passionate about this. If you're in it and all yeah. these kids have gone into it for years – you have to be a special kind of passionate for it, right? Yes, absolutely. Is it infectious too when all those kids like get get to that next level, reach a new PR, or anything like that? That the enthusiasm just goes throughout the entire team. Oh, absolutely. I think you know that it, it always. It's so funny because when we're at a swim meet, or if you're watching like NCAA's, or like you know even something where I'm not coaching anybody, it's really awesome to see that sometimes that very first swim can set the tone for the rest of the meet. You know, like, if there's a really great swim, it's almost like everybody's like, all right, game on. We're ready to have really <laughs> great swims, too. And so it's really exciting to see that. And then feeding off of the positive energy. You know, if you have a bad swim, you got to figure out how to not 
let that affect your teammates and how to, you know, go back to your, your teammates and your coaches and still be, you know, happy and supportive of them and not let that affect everybody. And that can be really hard. But, yeah, those those PRs and those positive, you know, swims always get everybody excited. I don't know about y'all, but swim meets can get rowdy. They oh, absolutely. really crazy. You saw, like, the, I mean, Michael Phelps going absolutely insane. Like, someone scored the game when he touched down when I Team mean, USA came back from, from that. that was... I mean, not only that, but inject Dan Hicks and Rowdy Gaines yeah. on commentary <laughs> in my veins. Like, of, of anybody at the, in the Olympics, like, give me those two calling any sport. I am there. I am watching. It is Big appointment. Time. It is appointment Facts. television. <laughs> Well, Leah, we're about to wrap up here, but we love asking this question to everyone um, who is going to come on the podcast and future podcast guests. Who would you like to see on our podcast? And can but we need your help to get them. Who would you like to see? Oh, and it has to be like in this area. Anybody? It, it could be anybody. It can be anybody. But if, we, if you're going to say Phelps, we'll definitely need your help. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think you would answer my calls. So. Well, then, well, then we have no, we have no shot. I mean, an, a really great swimmer would be really awesome to have on here. sure but someone local i think it would be really cool um to to maybe get some like kids on the on here and That'd be kind of cool you know yeah. starting you know those kids that are in high school maybe looking to swim in college uh we have you know a couple we have a pretty young uh senior senior group right now so but they're they're making their way up they they swim at um high school states they do um, all the summits like Georgia State champs and stuff like that, and we had one kid travel to Cary, North Carolina. So they're going to have no really, kid. yeah, wow. they, he made age group sectionals. So they made the eight hour drive to go up there and humble eight hour drive, yeah, humble eight hour drive. Yeah. So I think you know, just hearing more of like the kids' stories would be really cool. All right. Well, if Coach Leah tells you to come here, you have to come to the podcast. Yeah. Just yeah, saying, pretty yeah. much. She's put you. She's put you on the spot. Well, Jack, go ahead and play that wrap-up music and take us home, man. Hit it. So that is going to pull up the right camera, Jack. There it is. That's going to do it for episode two of the On Your Sidelines podcast. Of course, we want to thank Leah for her time today, her incredible story as she looks to continue her journey to the Olympics and, of course, all the great things she does here with the Columbus Hurricanes. Rex. Where can they find us? Yo, check it out if you didn't tune in right now, but you can check us out on WRBL.com. We are here every Tuesday, usually at 3 p.m. Thank you for the adjustment, Leah. But eventually you'll find all of our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Audible. We'll have more as more guests come available. Of course, you can always check us out, though. WRBL.com every other Tuesday at 3 p.m. But, Jack, where can they follow us on social media? Yes, sir. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Rex is at Rex Castillo TV on Twitter. WRBL Rex Castillo on Facebook. I am at Jay Patterson TV on Twitter. And WRBL Jack Patterson on Facebook. And, man, this was a lot of fun as always. Anything else you want to say before we sign this bad boy out? Yo, if you guys want to follow Leah, we'll have parts of this podcast coming up. But, Leah, did you want to give a shout-out for anything? No, just thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. I love talking about swimming, so we'll do it anytime. <laughs> and before we go, where can they follow you? Oh, my Instagram is Leah Gingrich. That's the handle. So L-E-A-H-G-I-N-G-R-I-C-H. She's a solid follow, y'all. Absolutely. <laughs> so for the sports director, Rex Castillo, so, I'm Jack Patterson. That's going to do it for us. We will see you in two weeks' time on, on your sidelines. We'll catch you later on. See you, y'all.